Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this episode, the podcast moves into the Advent season. We start by discussing some of our favorite things about Christmas time. Then we have a conversation about the doctrine of the incarnation, about what it is and why it matters. I trust this conversation will encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus this Christmas season, on the wonder and the beauty and the glory of the incarnation and its implications for us today. Because like the angel said in Luke 2.10, the incarnation really is good news of great joy for all the people. Bible Church. On this episode, we're going to have a conversation about Christmas, but more specifically the incarnation. But before we dive into those deep, wonderful waters, we wanted to just uh, explore together a few things, compare notes about Christmas. So, so many things we could talk about, different Christmas movies maybe you like, Christmas memories, Christmas food, all of it. Why do we record these episodes after lunchtime when we're all <laughs> hungry for afternoon <laughs> snacks? At least we ate this time. Yeah, yes. but I have a question first. When do you, in your family now, open gifts? This is still a point of lovely tension in my wife and I's marriage. Mm. When does your family open gifts, Todd? Christmas morning. Okay. Yeah. Like like all true Christians, right? I, as far as I know. <laughs> yes. Is there another way to do it? No. Thank you, brother. I appreciate what you just shared. Yes. It's a Christmas morning. Did okay. you do all yours Christmas Eve? <laughs> Christmas Eve in our house. Yep. Because wow. Carrie's dad was a police officer and uh, most often he was on shift on Christmas. Uh, okay. So therefore the tradition became Christmas Eve. So it doesn't feel like Christmas to Carrie unless we open up gifts on Christmas Eve. Mm. I wish I was more mature to just go along with it, but I still feel like this is like sub Christmas almost wow. every year. Cause then what is Christmas morning? I was going to say, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Eat cinnamon rolls and breakfast burritos, which is still good. Okay. Do that after you eat presents. That's true. <laughs> Four. Yeah. And Jordan, yeah. how about you and Taylor? When do you open or gifts? Both. Uh, or both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my mom would always give us like a book on Christmas Eve and oh, okay. she still will do that for the grandkids. Um, but Taylor and I are normally wrapping presents Christmas Eve while we <laughs> yeah. are watching Die Hard as we do every year. Ah, Christmas movie. That's right. And then open them Christmas morning. So Okay. Yeah. So that's hopefully how Olivia is going to grow up knowing that's right. Christmas morning. Okay. Hmm. Guys, thank you for this discussion. This has been really helpful. How about your favorite Christmas foods? What do you look forward to every year around Christmas time? We do a Christmas brunch uh, with my side of the family. We've done... I don't know, as long as I can remember that my mom makes these like cream cheese cinnamon roll up mm. things. Ooh. So she like takes bread, puts cream cheese on it, rolls them up, dips them in butter and then cinnamon and sugar and then bakes them. Yes, please. They're super mm. good. And then also like a, a sausage, bacon, cheesy quiche, breakfast quiche dish. Yum. And then we always have hot chocolate and orange juice ready to go. So okay, that's been like every year for, I don't know. 25 years, as long as I can remember. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, going back. And oh, so we still do so that cool. now when we get together. Okay. Todd, how about you? Favorite Christmas food? Yeah. The thing that marks the holidays most is um, my grandmother made this, most people call it like Chex Party Mix, um, but we call it Gizzies. And 
it's been passed down and passed down. And so in all of, on my side of the family, my wife very dutifully makes it. My daughter, my daughter mm-hmm. makes it. We, it's, I'm like, honestly, right now, even as we are recording this pre Thanksgiving, my wife is making <laughs> gizzies so at home, awesome. which means it's Christmas yes. time. Yes. So, oh, that's so great. But, but I haven't, I like all the, the candies and cookies and, and stuff. It's yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. What is it about this time of year? Maybe it's some element of nostalgia, positive, maybe not positive, but there's something about this time of year with those memories and food. It's just all kind of wrapped into one thing. So yeah, to throw out there, maybe a different variation of what Camille is making right now. Mm -hmm. I love, uh, we call it puppy chow mix in my family. Uh We don't eat dog food, but maybe like (laughs) muddy buddies, that stuff. Oh, I could eat that just by the bucketfuls. It's dangerously good. Yeah. How about uh, last kind of thing to compare notes on favorite Christmas music, Christmas song. Oh, okay. Do you have any go-tos there? Petra's Christmas album. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. I'm Mr. Green Christmas, yeah. right? From the year without a Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Um, my favorite, my favorite Christmas carol is, uh, Oh Holy Night. Hmm. And, Same. But you, yep. you have to be a good vocalist to sing that. Yeah. But, and, and that's not really me, but I, I like listening to really good singers sing that. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Amen. Yes. Um, and then also, I Heard the Bells. This mm-hmm. is another one of my favorites. Maybe so, we talk about this, or I'm imagining yeah. it. I didn't used to like that, but then when I heard this history or like story the behind it, yeah, then I love it now. Is yeah. that similar to yeah, your story? Yeah, very much. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. yeah. It almost makes me weep when I listen to it. Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah. Jordan, how about you? Favorite Christmas music? Um, well, there was a album by Stephen Curtis Chapman that came out on apparently September 26, 1995, as I Googled it, called The Music of Christmas that was always playing on our house mm. from, I don't know, Thanksgiving until mm. New Year's Day. And so I just remember it'd, it'd be on the boom box. All the young people don't know what a boom box is, but it'd be sitting in the living room and cranked as loud as it could go. So wherever nice. you were walking in the house, you could hear the music of Christmas. So it has classic carols on it. Um but I just have vivid <laughs> memories of that album. And Stephen Curtis Chapman is very talented. Mm. But um, See, I'm a bit older than you. When I think of my mom's Christmas music, it was always Evie. Come on, ring those bells. So, but <laughs> I, you just, it is rare. I don't understand a pop culture reference, but you just got one from me. Think like Jesus people. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Oh Holy Night is probably my favorite song, though, too. Yeah, it's an amazing song. Yeah. Or Rocket Around the Christmas Tree. One of I'll throw two. this out to GBC. <laughs> it shows I should have don't, done my own research. But if anyone knows in the greater Portland area a church or organization that puts on the Handel's Messiah, my family and I grew up going to this really cool old church in downtown Spokane, often go to Handel's Messiah. And I was a kid who liked G.I. Joe and Legos and didn't have a good attention span, but the Handel's Messiah always just captured me. And to hear something like that live in like an old stone church building is just breathtakingly worshipful. So if anyone knows of something like that around here, I would welcome Saturday, hearing about that. Saturday, December 2nd. Where though? <laughs> Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall in Schnitz. Portland. Uh, is there a price associated with that? Uh, sure let's look be. it up. This is this is the podcasting that people are yeah. excited for. The hard hitting. Okay, we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> but Handel's Messiah is awesome too. All right, let's uh, transition to, we were thinking about what would be a helpful discussion uh, for us as a church to have around this time of year, right? So we want to lean in 
to talking about the incarnation, giving us maybe a helpful framework or language for um, the incarnation, the beauty of it, the reality of it, and then talking through, you know, why that matters in our in our lives as Christians. So um, we can just kind of explore this together through a few different avenues. But first, um, how would you help us think about what the incarnation is? When I say that word incarnation, how do we understand that as Christians? Todd? Yeah, well, the term incarnation, it really just means the infleshment yeah. Uh, the uh, the taking on not just of flesh uh, a human body uh, by the by the eternal Son of God but a, a, everything it takes to be human uh, a human body a human nature uh, mind body soul all of that um, so the, the 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 eternal Son of God the second person of the Trinity um, at conception, but we celebrate the birth of, of Jesus. Um, uh, Philippians chapter two says that he emptied himself, uh, not by divesting himself or getting rid of divine attributes, but in that passage that he emptied himself by adding to himself a, a human nature. Um, and that's what makes the gospel possible. That's what yes, makes amen. the kingdom of God possible. That's what makes the consummation of all things possible. The, the, the recreation of the new heavens and the, the new earths and the all, new earth, all of that uh, was made possible by this thing that we celebrate at Christmas, the incarnation of the son of God. Yes. Yes. Amen. So follow-up question, how important is it to our doctrine as Christians, meaning on a scale how much value does the incarnation have? Mm. I think that's something we can talk about because um, sometimes it seems like it can be downplayed or assumed when it probably yeah. shouldn't be. Scale of what? One to? Sure. One to Walking two? on water to <laughs> uh, how about, how about, God becoming flesh. How about, how about one to 10? Uh, one to 10. Yeah. A 20. Yeah. A 20. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Double it. Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, vital. Uh, it's sine qua non, without which it is not. There is no Christianity without yes. the incarnation. Yes. Uh, it's just like there's no Christianity without the resurrection, but you can't have a resurrection yep. Yep. without an incarnation. Yep. So it, it, it begins there, right? So yeah, it's absolutely vital. Everything in the Christian life depends upon the Son of God becoming a human just like us. Yes, yes. Everything in our Christian life from start to finish, everything in Christianity from start to finish, even before the start, uh, in, in this plan of God uh, in eternity past, it's it's the most amazing thing that has ever, ever happened. Amen. And yeah, so. Amen. Yeah, Wayne Grudem in his systematic theology and every other theologian says it's the greatest miracle that was ever done because, you know, it's like, well, but isn't the resurrection and dying on the cross? Yes, yes, yes. But like you said, you have to have the first thing has to happen. But also we're talking about infinite all-powerful, all-knowing, mm. all-present God limiting himself into, you know, my left knee hurts today because I ran too hard with middle schoolers a week ago. Like he limited himself to that. Like, mm. what is he doing? Or, you know, like God got sick to his stomach for us, you know? And yeah. so, I mean, there's just that that aspect of taking on human frailty, but also the only way he could be an adequate substitute for us is to literally be the Amen. same thing as us, a substitute for us. He didn't die on the cross for angels, didn't die on the cross for your yep. dog. He died on the cross for us, but he had to be like us yes. so that the sacrifice would meet 
the requirement would be the propitiation for our sin. Amen. Amen. As you guys reflect on this broadly, but maybe even each year as you enter into this time of year and just kind of reflect on the wonder, the beauty of it all, of the incarnation, like what strikes you? Um, do you find yourself reflecting on certain themes of what this shows us about who God is and then who we are? Like just, I'd love to just kind of speak into that a little bit. I've been reflecting on it. want to hear you guys' thoughts too. So what comes to mind when you think of the incarnation? So like um, thinking about it, maybe this is too broadly speaking, but just this last week reading a book and thinking about the incarnation, it cements again the truth like that the supernatural has entered our world, mm -hmm. right? It's real. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a myth that God is this good and this glorious and this gracious that the incarnation is real, that the creator God, second person of the Trinity entered the womb and was born and just all of it. Like God is so amazing and beyond us and something we shouldn't tire of. So like, I don't know if there's a certain aspect of it that just strikes you. Um, like I, what I had a mind? theology professor in college, shout out Dr. Derrickson, who would say that, um, if you want to talk about the true humility of Christ, he was sustaining the entire universe, making sure it functioned properly while a 15 year old girl was wiping his butt as a baby. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's some like crazy humility stuff there. And it's like a silly picture, but it's also like, it's true. He's still fully God. And yet this teenage girl is looking after him and making sure he's fed and, you know, cleaned and all of that is like, I, it just, uh, I think we being in a Western society, American culture, we so much want to do things on our own and for God himself to allow others to look after his own needs when mm -hmm. it's the last person that need it. Mm -hmm. um, there's something about it reminds me of like, it's okay to rely on other people, but mm -hmm. more than that, the incarnation shows that I ultimately have to rely on the one who relied on others while he was a baby, you know, like I'm nowhere without Christ coming into the flesh. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, you saying it brings, makes the supernatural possible. Like it brings it into the world as a real thing. I, I just think it makes every, the, the fact that God has spoken to us through messengers and prophets in the old Testament is great. But the fact that he himself comes as the word yeah, to speak truth and to make sure that we understand like everything you've been taught and heard really this was all about we've been talking about through our Deuteronomy series about circumcision of the heart not a mm -hmm. not a duty to fulfill and do yeah. things and he he gets us back on track to that he makes that covenant new he makes that covenant about what's happening inside of us and I don't I mean I guess God could have demonstrated that through prophets and messengers but it it's a lot different when it's he himself coming to be the one to declare and make make clear for us what's happening there yeah yeah that's good yeah. I think it just highlights just as we're playing off of each other, God's graciousness that his mm -hmm. plan of salvation was his son um, coming to be born. I mean, how can I ever earn that, achieve that, any other religious system? Like it's me mm -hmm. working myself up to God, but instead God condescended mm -hmm. in this kind of way. Like, man, it's just, how's that not melt your heart? It's beautiful um, mm -hmm. how good God is. So yeah. Anything particular? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think the incarnation the incarnation shows us that that God cares. Mm -hmm. um, it's it is the definitive response to the problem of evil. It might not scratch every theological itch or every philosophical itch about how can there be evil in the world? Doesn't God care? 
the incarnation shows us that he does. Mm -hmm. um, instead of standing from afar and, um, you know, a acting as judge and uh, Lord, which he absolutely is and, and, and could have done in a distant way, he instead enters into our mess Hmm. and and embraces it and takes it all on and and so as 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 Christians in the world or just as people in the world as as we see the evil around us and and, and the darkness um uh, it, it, it's it's difficult to formulate an answer uh, a, a theodicy right is, is the term we use for uh, how can God be all powerful and all good and there still be evil mm -hmm. um, but what we can't deny is that God doesn't understand our questions what we can't deny I should have said the other way we can't deny that God understands uh, we, we cannot deny that uh, th that that he cares Um because he stepped right into it and so he knows what it's he knows precisely what we are going through and that was his plan to to enter into it and to take care of it basically from the inside as one of us yeah. um we can wonder about why and there will be answers one day but at least sufficient for today yes. is that god cares and understands Yes. And he is not silent, but he is right there with us mm -hmm. in this. That's um, had real implications, practical implications in my walk with the Lord in some dark mm -hmm. times to know if God's that good and that glorious and wonderful that that was his design and how he saved us, then I can trust him with my doubts and mm -hmm. things hurt because there must be good reasons he has that I can't understand if he's that good to do it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't answer all of our questions buttoned up, but it shows, yeah, his heart and how good he is, his character, which is um, amazing. How about on the other side of the coin? Again, books have been written about this, many, many, many books, but what does the incarnation show us about ourselves as human beings? Um, what comes to mind for me, I'll start us off and just take and run with it. One of my favorite quotes is by Blaise Pascal. He says, the incarnation shows man the greatness of his wretchedness through the greatness of the remedy required. Mm -hmm. Isn't that beautiful? Like, uh, I know um, it's not popular to talk about sin. Someone says, ah, it makes me feel guilty all the time. <laughs> but from God's point of view, we are all totally depraved sinners. And the incarnation is proof of that. If I wasn't, then God wouldn't have to have done this wonderfully amazing thing to save us. So I know there's so much from the incarnation I think we can deduce from it uh, and reflect on. Like mm -hmm. anything for you guys come to mind? I'm doing all the talking. But incarnation, what does it show us about ourselves, right? Uh, there's nothing like being human also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I agree with everything you said about human depravity, yeah. but, uh, there, and not, yes. but, and there is something amazing about being human. Good word. Um, and, uh, hum at, at Bethlehem, humanity entered into the Trinity. Wow. Forever. Wow. Mm. Um, so, uh, that's glorious. Uh, yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. yeah, both of you, I'm right on with both of you guys. I, the other thing, we just, I think we already see this in the creation story of day six, that we're the culmination of creation, but the fact that to save us, he has to become us mm -hmm. really shows that we are the most valued crown jewel in all of creation, mm -hmm. which is crazy to think about because 
we are depraved, mm-hmm. <laughs> sinful, rebellious creatures, yeah. and yet, and, and that makes our rebellion all the worse. Exactly, yes. and yet, there's nothing he loves more, and no one he would rather be with than us, the very mm-hmm. ones that rebel against him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and he did it the only way he could to to be like us, and then to die for us is crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, my brain's melting right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's amazing. How about? kind of switching gears maybe a little bit, but in terms of Advent is how I'd categorize it. Mm-hmm. What have been some helpful resources, places in your own walk with Jesus have been helpful or maybe um, in discipling your kids or discipling others that you would just recommend to GBC to learn more about it, reflect more on the incarnation, anything you'd want to recommend come to mind? Todd's the book recommendation oh, guy. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm terrible at this. Are you kidding? I always get like seven things I got to add to the notes. Uh, okay. Um, well, I, I, I don't know whether, I don't know how good it is, but but we read all of the like Jotham's Journey stuff to our kids oh, yeah. when they were younger. And and, and that was, we in, I think we enjoyed those. I don't know if my, if my adult kids were here, what <laughs> they would be saying. Let's call your kids right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what else have we have we read? Um, we've, we've read... Uh, uh, was it greatest Christmas pageant ever? The worst Christmas, which has nothing to do with, oh, with uh, that. Okay. anything. I, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a funny, humorous story, but, but, but it does have uh, some Christian theme to it. That was, that's another little tradition of ours. Um, we always do, uh, some sort of advent thing cool. just just to mark the days we have multiple of those and it's mm-hmm. always fun even so even if it's like you know like the lego things mm-hmm. I, my my kids are in high school and they love it <laughs> in, every morning beginning of december on you know until christmas there's something that they're building and that's awesome um i don't think it takes I don't think it takes much, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just a little intentionality and attentiveness, and yeah, um, I'm t- I'm probably forgetting something that's was just awesome. But hey, everyone, I I'll recommend everyone in the church should find our brother Eric Wood mm. and ask him why Christmas lights get him so pumped up <laughs> for Advent. <laughs> but he in the last in the uh, four years I've known him now, Eric. yeah, in the four years I've known him though, he he I cannot get his passion across in anything, but certainly in this of just seeing those lights as a reminder that the light of the world, the light of salvation mm-hmm. has stepped out of heaven to be to us. And, and I remember him passionately explaining to me a couple of years ago why he loves Christmas lights. Cause it reminds him of Jesus has come into the world and he's the light of the world and he's wow. come to save us and everything. And he's like, I love lights. And I'm like, man, I just thought they looked pretty, but <laughs> Eric Wood, you are a deep theologian. Uh, so everybody go ask Eric about that. Eric's going to be listening to this right now. Like, oh, thanks, Jordan. Everyone's going to talk great. Now. Eric will be preaching the third um, Sunday in Advent at GBC nice. might on December the 10th. So I'm excited <laughs> nice. for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hadn't planned to ask this, but Todd, I'm going to ask you as the more seasoned veteran among oh us. Goodness. We have like three distinct <laughs> generations established here. Has Advent always been such a big thing and kind of like even? evangelical Christian homes. I, in my family, at least it wasn't at all. So I'm just curious, basically here's the backdrop to my question. Mm-hmm. I've heard from multiple families over the past year or two that feel stressed out by Advent as well, because mm. they're supposed mm-hmm. to have the perfect plan, the perfect book, the perfect whatever for their kids. And I love what you just shared. It just takes some sort of intentionality. It doesn't have to be like doesn't the perfect awesome. product you buy. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, we go to like Trader Joe's and get just the cheap chocolate things. <laughs> oh, my, yeah, my, my kids like that too. It's like a buck a piece for one totally. of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, this, I honestly don't know what, what the history is. Yeah. I, I remember something as a kid growing up probably in the seventies would have been my time of consciousness of yeah. such things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could give you a better answer. No, I was, for I was that. just curious. I know there's a lot of products that are available now. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, you know, I, I guess my advice to everybody in the church, if this come, if, if, if this podcast drops before, the, uh, you know, you could start such things is I, I wouldn't sweat it. And, and if all you do is just show up on Sunday, uh, we'll have you covered. Advent wise, <laughs> well we will have yes. you covered. Just relax and enjoy yeah, the season and, and, and remember to, th to talk about Jesus a little bit. And, yes. and it'll all be good. Good word. Good word. I want to throw one thing uh, recommended out there. Um, I found myself reading this last week. I mentioned a book, J. Gresham Meachin's book, The Virgin Birth of Jesus Christ. Oh, I thought you were going to say Christianity and liberalism. And I said, yeah, that's <laughs> well, a, that's a, be a great popular, Christmas book. Great <laughs> like, who are you? Yes. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Josh Howarth. I think Josh gave it to me and it was on my shelf and I started reading it this week. It is so good about the virgin birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if someone nice. wants to go old school, that's a good book. Jesus Storybook Bible is really helpful yeah. for parents. We all know this with mm -hmm. kids, but um, that's always a good resource. Yeah, so many things out there, but yeah, amen. Show up on Sundays, uh, enjoy the glory of it uh, together as a church family too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, anything else? That's all I had. Anything exciting Christmas things you guys want to mention here? No? Have I, re have I told you guys about our Thanksgiving uh, tradition? No. Have I told you that this on the podcast? A, this is a Christmas episode. I know, <laughs> I know, but, 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 but it's related. It's Please related. Share. Do it. So for Thanksgiving every year, I, I haven't told you about our uh, the Christmas tree ornaments. That no, my wife I don't has. Think so. Oh, you have. Yes. Oh, I don't have remember. I done that on a podcast? No, please I don't. don't. Think so. Okay. So start, I don't know when she started, but 15, 20, 15 years ago or so, my wife started, anybody who came to our house for Thanksgiving, she would do some research on them. And then of course our family and she, she buys a Christmas tree ornament to um, that that uh, is is significant in that previous year, um, and and so that it's it kind of marks the, the year, and and so our our tree is very eclectic and strange because it's got just goofy stuff all over it, <laughs> but but they're they're all Christmas tree ornaments, and it's something significant from the that previous year for each person in our family. And it, the, the, we, we really have to have a really big tree right now to hold all of those ornaments, <laughs> but, but it does create some fun. I remember you sharing that yeah. in the moment. Maybe we talked about it already. That's exactly what Carrie does. Yes. And it's wonderful. And people come to our house and probably think that is the weirdest Christmas tree ever. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> so random eclectic. Carrie just got Isaiah, our son Isaiah, who's nine, his Christmas ornament for the year that captures mm -hmm. who he is. It's a giant thing of craft mac and cheese because Isaiah <laughs> loves craft mac and cheese. There's we, a craft mac and cheese we, Christmas ornament. We have a mac and a craft mac and cheese <laughs> oh Christmas tree ornament. Yes, oh, we do. Yes, we do. And so we have a ramen good. and we have, yes. like, that, like like the year that I wrote that marijuana book. Yeah. Uh, my my <laughs> wife presented me with this like wooden Christmas tree ornament marijuana leaf. And oh, so there's one goodness. of those on the tree. There's one of those on our That's tree. That's amazing. But, oh, that, is, yeah. that is awesome. I love everything <laughs> about that. So good. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So yes. 
Todd, if you want to get something for Christmas for Todd, marijuana ornament leaves is <laughs> what he's just, hoping for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, uh, if you you come to our house for Thanksgiving, my wife will give you an ornament. That is yeah. so cool. That's, That's awesome. awesome. I love talking about this time of year. So much good with it, even though we all know there's a lot of entanglements and distractions and consumers and all that stuff. But just want to encourage us as a church to lean into the beauty and the wonder of it. So, um, yeah, I hope this conversation has been helpful, Gresham Bible Church. Um, if it brings up any questions, any Christmas ornament ideas for Todd and Camille and their family or for Carrie and I or Jordan and Taylor, <laughs> uh, whatever it is, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And just um, not to get overly serious at the end, but just praying for our time this year as a church uh, during the season that it's um, meaningful. Uh, we have all these different stresses around us in a broken world we're all aware of. So let's just remember uh, what the incarnation points to and the promise we have um, for joy everlasting too. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. GDC.